I mean, <laughs> it was such a horrible verdict. And not only because the, the court said that the, the Royal Netherlands Marechaussee can use ethnicity for um, these MTV checks, but also because they said that ethnicity can be an objective indication of someone's origin or nationality. I mean, a lot of non-white people, Dutch citizens, were just flabbergasted that the court could, could say such a thing. Welcome back to Framing. I'm your host, Zeynep Kosmi. In this episode, we'll explore a legal case that will have far-reaching consequences for the use of ethnic profiling in the EU. On Wednesday, February 26, 2020, a civil society coalition summoned the Dutch state to appear in court for ethnic profiling by the Dutch border police, the Marchichet. The plaintiffs include two private citizens, MSD International, Control-Alt-Delete, and anti-discrimination organizations, Radar and the Public Interest Litigation Project. They are demanding that the court draw a line and put an end to discriminatory border control activities. They assert that the Dutch border police is acting in violation of human rights and Dutch law. In recent years, the plaintiffs have put this problem on the agenda and insisted on measures to fight ethnic profiling. Sadly, these efforts have been to no avail. This is why they are taking this case to court. So our case against uh, the state and the Royal Netherlands Marechaussee concerns the use of ethnicity as an indicator in risk profiles and selection decisions in these MTV checks. And that's quite broad and to show the implication of ethnic profiling and and, and what happens in practice, the two Dutch citizens that are also complainants uh, were involved in the case. So they, together with the civil society organizations, asked the court to stop the practice of ethnic profiling. So we specifically do not ask whether in their cases there was a case of racial profiling and we do not ask for any damages for these individual complainants, but their cases do illustrate the practice of ethnic profiling. I had the privilege to talk to Milo Hendricks. Milo Hendricks is a human rights lawyer working for the Public Interest Litigation Project, which is a part of the Dutch section of the International Commission of Jurists. Ethnic profiling is not a new phenomenon and certainly not for people of color. The troubling element about ethnic profiling is that it takes place when law enforcement targets people not because of what they have done, but for who they are and how they look like. 
One of the cases that was used to illustrate the problem of ethnic profiling in the Netherlands was the case of Mr. Mapanzu Bamenga. It's April 2018. Mr. Mapanzu Bamenga, a Dutch citizen and politician, arrived at Eindhoven Airport in the Netherlands. He's returning from Rome after giving a lecture on human rights. He's waiting patiently in line with the other returning passengers. Then, he's pulled out of the line by the Dutch border police, the Marchesche. Mr. Bamenga was smartly dressed and was behaving in a totally normal way. Nothing made him stand out, except for one thing. Born in the Democratic Republic of Congo, Mr. Bamenga is not white. There were more officers at work, and one of them claimed the reason for selecting Mr. Bamenga was because he looked like a refugee, and the other because he fitted a profile which was uh, neatly dressed, walking fast, and having a non-Dutch appearance. And that profile was informed by the information that there were Nigerian money smugglers traveling from Italy. So I think this already shows the officers on the street, so to say, have a lot of discretion in who to check for, uh, who to select for a check. Uh, and that actually, it also allows for suspicions they might not knowingly have or knowingly have um, and, and stereotypes to come into play. The absence of a legal obligation to motivate and register the reason of the law enforcement stop makes it difficult to assess afterwards whether or not a police stop or border check is or was truly justifiable. In cases of ethnic profiling, we need to distinguish between the use of ethnic and risk profiling. And then, you also have the suspect description. How are these practices all linked? So, let's start with the suspect description. This is a description of someone who has committed a crime. And uh, there were witnesses or there is other evidence that shows what the person who committed a crime looks looks like so in these cases you could justify the use of ethnicity being a factor or a component of such a suspect description so like i said for example if there is a, a white male with red hair who stole my wallet and i go to the police then the police can use the fact that this person is white and has red hair when in this suspect description. Let's then go to risk models. Risk models do not concern any suspicion uh, or any reasonable suspicion, I should say, of a crime committed. They are the result of an analysis of information and data whereby these data, which, which concerns groups of people, is then... Uh, transposed into a risk profile, which is then applied to individual persons. So it does not say anything about 
this individual person besides that he matches a risk profile. And the problem with that is that if you use ethnicity in such a risk profile, then you will always stop non-white people and you will not stop white people for a check. And I should mention, there are a lot of issues with risk profiles that concern the fact, well, basically the fact that they are created by people and people have bias and they rely on stereotypes. And the police has a practice of racial profiling. So if you use police data to inform risk profiles, this this data will already be colored in the sense that there will be this sort of confirmation bias. If you select non-white people, you will find, if you mostly select non-white people, you will then find amongst this group more people who have done something wrong than amongst the white people that you check less. So if you then use this data to inform a risk profile, the risk profile will tell you to look for non-white people. And then this will again reaffirm the fact that you are, as a police, checking the right people because you are finding more criminals, for example. One could have the idea that a risk profile is super well analyzed and uh, informed by all these objective data, which is actually not the case. But because risk profiles definitely can also be uh, discriminatory because they have indicators such as ethnicity, even if they have apparently neutral indicators, this could still lead to indirect discrimination. But ethnic profiling um, is more than that. It also concerns the intuition of uh, one police officer, for example, who has just has the feeling that he's catching a crook based on the way someone looks. So that's not institutionalized. Many human rights organizations have researched the effects of ethnic profiling and found it is counterproductive and ineffective. People regularly stopped by the police lose confidence in law enforcement agencies. In addition, it is ineffective as ethnic profiling is over-inclusive and under-inclusive. When law enforcement officers treat an entire group of people as suspicious, they target many innocent people and are likely to miss suspects who do not fit the profile. The legal discussion we have in court is actually quite clear. It concerns whether ethnicity is allowed as an indicator in risk profiles and whether selection decisions for MTV checks, whether this is allowed. So whether ethnicity can be an an indicator or an aspect on uh, the basis of which uh, you can select someone for a check. And I think what's important to mention about these MTV checks is that they are preventive checks, more or less. So the Royal Netherlands Marechaussee is patrolling the, the areas close to the Dutch borders on highways, in trains and in buses that, that past the Dutch border uh, and and on airports. So it's not the border check where everyone stands in line and shows their passport, but they scan the crowd. For example, all the people leaving uh, 
a particular plane that that was chosen by them to for these uh, MTV checks. And so they scan the crowd and then using risk profiles, they select certain people to check whether they have the right to be in the Netherlands. And other people, they do not check, but they do not know beforehand whether someone has the right to be in the Netherlands. So it's it's a preventive check. It's not a, a check because there's a reasonable suspicion of someone not having the right of, to be in the Netherlands. I mean, it's not such an important distinction because either way, uh, we think you cannot use ethnicity because it's a violation of the right not to be discriminated against. But there, there is, I mean, if, if there was, for example, a profile of someone who um, committed a crime and uh, some there was a witness saying this is what a person looked like. Um, he had red hair. Uh, then it's okay to use red hair as an indicator uh, in this uh, suspect profile. If you do, however, do not have a specific suspect, it's never okay to use ethnicity or physical appearance. On September twenty second, two thousand and twenty one. A judge ruled that the Dutch military police, the Marchesee, can use ethnic profiling and that this is not by definition discrimination. The judge ruled that ethnicity does not have to be an objective indicator of nationality, but it could be. I mean, it was such a horrible verdict, and not only because the, the court said that the, the Royal Netherlands Marchesee can use ethnicity for um, these MTV checks, but also because they said that ethnicity can be an objective indication of someone's origin or nationality. I mean, a lot of non-white people, Dutch citizens, were just flabbergasted that the court could could say such a thing. And, well, this meant that we immediately announced that we would appeal the verdict. And I think, therefore, the legal implications of the ruling are not too major because I think everyone probably awaits the verdict in the appeal procedure. But there have been other interesting consequences of the ruling. So the Royal Netherlands Marechaussee decided actually decided to stop using ethnicity as an indicator in risk profiles and selection decisions because of the, the anger and the, the hurt that was expressed by uh, people uh, because of this verdict. And that's, I think that that definitely is, is a consequence of the proceedings that we started and a huge win in the fight against racial profiling. So the, the Royal Netherlands Marechaussee itself says that the use of ethnicity is legal. Look at the verdict of the court in first instance, but we do not consider it legitimate because of the societal uh, because society disagrees. So, I mean, there's definitely still a lot of a lot for us uh, to argue on because we do not consider it legitimate. You know what? Um, the thing is that I do, I do know this. If they would have indeed, you know, found them guilty and they would ban it, it would no longer be allowed it is going to interrupt their work process because basically all that they do is profiling. And, you know, that is exactly. that is their intuition. You know what I mean? And right. 
based on that is how they check people so i think that um yeah i think that they will be going against their own, their own system that they've put in place because they need that to you know um get at people to find them to locate them to ask questions or even have a foot to ask yeah. you know questions so i realized that already so i knew that if the court would find them guilty they would not have a foot to stand on to continue its operations the new course of the marche does not mean that the appeal will be cancelled there is now a judicial notice approving ethnic profiling there are some consequences for the appeal some arguments are easier to make because apparently they can do their work without using ethnicity so this will help us argue that the use of ethnicity is not an effective or necessary uh, measure in the in the context of the the ECHR the European Convention on Human Rights so it will help us in our legal, legal arguments but for now we do not really see uh, any legal implications for the appeal the default assumption of the court lump together skin color and nationality we cannot build a post racial world while our security forces leading institutions and courts continue to casually lump together race ethnicity and nationality. This case is unique in that it challenges a government's policy and legislation that specifically allows for the use of ethnicity as one of the elements justifying a border stop and check. Still, the court's judgment will be relevant in Europe and globally as it relates to checks of all people traveling within Europe. And because of the plaintiffs are invoking fundamental European rights. And I use the word space deliberately because too few Europeans are aware of what it's like to have to navigate in such a space in Europe as a black person. That also has to change. Too few are even aware of the idea of white space. That is because too many have the luxury of ignorance. What that means in terms of having to uh, accept codes of behavior or speech of constant and exhausting self-regulation day after day. Experience the structural racism every day. We hear that we need to embrace the progress. Fighting racism is not a quick fix, but boring paperwork. Change takes time. One part is protest, another part is diving into laws and being strategic. And strategically choosing your career. A new generation of Europeans is taking a seat at the table. And half of that is already showing up. United in diversity. That is what we say in the EU.